Hey, what's up, people of the world? It's Mark. We're about to play a Harry Potter episode, and we've done a lot of Harry Potter episodes on the show. Hal and I have been fans for a long time, and we know that J.K. Rowling has been in the news a lot lately for some very unpleasant things that we do not agree with. But two things. One, we're trying to, in this moment, separate the art from the artist. And two... We had a guest on this show who is one of the people of the world, a listener to the show, who wanted to come on and do an episode with us. And we thought it was a great idea. We had her come on the show, and she's an absolute delight. So we didn't want to not release this episode. And we didn't want to deprive you, the people of the world, the joy that is Sarah Hotkey. So here it is, an episode which incidentally was recorded a while ago, and we hope you enjoy it. Hello, I'm Hal Lublin. And I'm Mark Gagliardi. Since the dawn of humanity, one issue has gone unsettled. With the fate of the world in the balance, we're here to settle once and for all. Best Horcrux. That's right. Don't worry, everyone. We got this. Podcasts should have a theme song. Podcasts should not have a theme song. Yes, they should. No, they shouldn't. They sound good. Yeah, but people are just going to skip past it. You know what? You're right. We got this. Hal, tell me the story of this episode. When a man and a woman love each other very much, or any two people really, because they adopt, they Hal, have a special th- this time per- Oh, this, this particular episode, episode right. of our show. I was not, going th- not to- whatever you were working on before we started recording. Look, let this episode serve as proof once and for all that i do check the we got this gmail (laughs) account let's start there we get a ton of great emails some of them are topics some of them are just feedback which is great too this email particular was hey if you ever want to have somebody on i'm canadian so i could offer a different perspective and if you don't like the episode then we don't have to release it and yet here we are you're hearing this episode right now and, yeah, and I thought I was Ass- like, I'm assuming you're hearing this episode right yeah. now. And I thought this is interesting. I want to see what Mark thinks. If Mark's down to do it, I'm down to do it. So I texted Mark or forwarded it to you or something, and then you were like, "Yeah, let's do it." And so yeah, this is very now exciting. Here we are. So we have our very special guest today from London, Ontario, Canada, mm-hmm. Sarah Hotkey. Sarah, how are you? I'm excellent. How are you? I'm great. This is great to have you on here. Uh, you started to say before we started recording, and it made me laugh. Uh, you said you live in London. You led with I live in London. Uh, I was not. I'd forgotten about the Canadian aspect of this. Of the let me give you the Canadian perspective, which mm-hmm. I love. Like in the old uh, the America book from the Daily Show, Samantha Bee's section was called "Would you mind if I told you how we did things in Canada." I thought was very funny. Love that. Right? You guys are very polite. But uh, you said, yeah, I live in London. And I thought London English said, no, London, Ontario. But we do have a Thames. We do. So the city of London is upon the Thames. What other transplants from merry old England? I mean, I assume the Queen. Yes, we're still a part of the Commonwealth. She's, so she's still on your money. She's still on our money. Um, we also, like everything is taken from London, England. Is like, it just like a little are- Epcot? Yeah, all of our streets are like York and King and Queen and <laughs> I love this Waterloo town. and come visit us sometime. I will. I love a town that's not that has decided its identity is like, you know what, we're just gonna hitch our wagon to another really great identity. It was probably like New York and it was New London at some point, but they just right. chopped the new. 
Yeah. Also, Hal, can I correct you on one thing? Oh my goodness! Oh, it begins starting. already. Go ahead. You said you said this is proof that I check our Gmail, but I sent it to the Gmail like two weeks prior. You did. Never heard anything. And then I sent it to a different account. And to, that's when I got to, a reply. Yeah, you said it through my website. Let me correct. But the, the email I sent Mark oh, was so you from Regatta stuff. And then I, what happened was we were like, yeah, we should do this. And then I promptly forgot. And then you emailed me again. And I was like, oh yeah, let's do it. And then that had happened. So I did check it. All right. This doesn't serve as proof. We're deleting this episode. No one will ever hear it. <laughs> <laughs> It's completely off the record. <laughs> At least that Either part. Way, I get to hang out with you guys. So yeah, that's right. I win. It's good to see you. Yeah, yeah. This is this is a this is a bit of the making the sausage that frequently you will hear us go. Ken, cut that part out. Mm-hmm. Unless Ken leaves those parts in the episodes. We don't know. I, I don't. Never, know. Yeah, never listen. Um, <laughs> this topic, we sent you a few topics, and you picked some. And then we looked at them. And with, you hated them. We hated we them. Hate them. No, they felt like uh, it felt like they would be tough to to, to jump do with into. A complete random. Yeah. The, well, the one I want, like, really, can we really get inside baseball? Let's here, get Mark? inside baseball. You upset? You're not gonna get upset. You can't. You can't stay mad at me. Look at this face. <laughs> you uh, you had suggested doing best thrilling adventure hour segment, yes. but m- the reason Mark didn't want to do that because it felt a little bit like we'd be patting ourselves on the back for being yeah. a thrilling adventure hour. So so I said, can you give us some more? And then you chose among those was best horcrux, which feels like feels like there's a I think that there's a pretty simple answer to it, but you may prove me wrong. This was suggested mm-hmm. by Crystal Fan, by the way. Thank you, Crystal Fan. Thank you, Crystal Fan. Um what made you choose that? Are you a huge Harry Potter fan? T- talk about that. I love Harry Potter. But I grew up in a conservative Christian home, mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. witchcraft was no thank you. Yeah, that um, was it was that way in Tennessee too. I remember I was like, guys, they're kids' books. What are you freaking out about? It's. It- but I was like eleven when they came out, when the first movie came out. I think so. I'm part of the Harry Potter generation. So how did you guys become lovers of Harry Potter? I I, I I've always liked kid things way too old for enjoying. I have a Viewmaster on a shelf five feet away from me, Sarah. That's awesome. <laughs> my father read the first three books first mm-hmm. and I was home in Philadelphia and I saw them and I was like, maybe I'll give these a try because I knew it was popular. I loved the books. I loved how they matured as the characters got older. By the time the fourth one came out, I bought it when it came out and read it in like two nights. And then at some point, I think it was after four, the gap was so long in between the books coming out that I got through five and started six. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, I can't. I'll just watch the movies. I, <laughs> I did that after number two. Forgot everything. I forgot it all. This could be a fun conversation. Yeah. Yeah. Hal doesn't remember anything about uh, Harry Potter, but no, no. he's surrounded by microphones. That's right. Uh, and I've broken I my soul up video. into a lot of the things you see in yeah. the background. So it's like, <laughs> forever. The Instapot behind you has a Horcrux in it. Yeah, what's great is the Instant Pot could take that piece of my soul. It could turn it into rice. It could turn it into yogurt. Ooh. It could pressure cook it into like a nice... Like a chicken breast with salsa. <laughs> Truly the muggle's magic. Yeah. yeah. That's right. You know, I love the idea that of muggle's magic. Like, like that a few things here and there, the, the wizarding world is like, you know what? Here you go. We're going to give you a spark of an idea for television. <laughs> or here you go, uh, Marconi. Here's the radio idea. The mag, all of our muses are the magic world, right? That's how it works. Truly. 
I like that. So we are here today to talk about Horcruxes, specifically the Horcruxes that Voldemort chopped himself into little bits of and spread throughout the wizarding world. Sarah, can you tell us a little bit about like how you came to this? You said you were of that generation. Did you start when you were 11 and it came out? No. So again, conservative Christian home, witchcraft. No, thank you. Oh, right. Uh, you don't, you weren't like you weren't like sneaking them under the covers Harry Potter style with a wand. No, one hundred percent, I was. Oh, awesome! Unlucky for my parents. Luckily for me, I have an older brother who doesn't play by the rules, and so he would hey. he became my Harry Potter dealer, and so he would sneak in, <laughs> and I would lay, I would lay face down on the couch reading them like with it on the floor, so that when my dad came home, I can shove it under the couch. And he can be none the wiser. And I'll just pretend it's happening. So that's how I accessed. And then anytime parents weren't home, we would watch the movies. Oh man. They're so good. They're so good. Did you have a, did you have another book underneath the couch? Would you slid that one in? Like you quickly pulled out a highlights magazine or something? No, that would have been a great idea. (laughs) The four agreements. Sure. What? Nothing. I'm just reading The Alchemist. I also like the The idea of, of watching Harry Potter in your room and there's a knock on the door. You're like, someone's in here. (laughs) <laughs> and you have the tissues out because you're crying because it's the yeah. eighth movie which is very sad it's, it's very, very sad, sad. Uh, it's the only one i saw in theaters really really did yeah. you see it in 3d or 2d 2d was it because that was the, the age at which you were old enough to go i have to I've, make my own decisions I have yeah. Yeah. to go to the movies whatever i want <laughs> was that now how are, this day is is there less tension in the family about it yeah. So my mom's like a big quilter. And so I convinced her at one point to let me read her the first one while she was quilting. That's great. And she, I think she liked it more than she expected to, but she still is like, well, I'm not going to read the rest of them. So, yeah. Cause well, I mean, it's so the idea of witchcraft I get is counter to uh, conservative Christianity and Catholicism, but it's not like the books start with like, Harry hated the Lord. He lived <laughs> under the stairs at Trivet Drive. <laughs> There's nothing like that. And then he hung a crucifix upside down and summoned the Dark Lord. Yeah. There's, uh, there's none of that. Then That's two fine. priests showed up. They were yeah. the bad guys. Yeah. Wait, what? <laughs> An also, old Harry, Potter, Harry Potter was a no, but Lord of the Rings was a yes. So Interesting. we're just anti-magic. Is it? But hmm. there's magic in Lord of the Rings. Is it because so that, much was, magic. that was considered like classic literature at that point and Harry Potter books had not – they were too pop? Could that have been Maybe. part of it or? Could have been. See, I would think the only acceptable wizardry would be C.S. Lewis, would be all the Narnia books. Cause those are, right. we did read the Narnia books. Yeah, the Narnia books the, are great. Yeah. It didn't strike me that that was a, an allegory for the life of Christ until I saw the movie. Oh, really? I read the books as a kid and loved them. Mm-hmm. And then I watched the movie and I was like, oh, right. I love the Carpenter, cabinet, yes. wardrobe. Yeah. See, that's yeah. the only parallel. That's the only parallel, yeah, that's, man. That's the only one. That's what it's about. All that yeah. woodworking. <laughs> the witch wore a veil like Mary at the nativity. You've seen them in yards. Come on. <laughs> I do also love the idea that Harry Potter was off limits. Like these magic things are off limits, except Lord of the Rings. And the reason being, I just like Lord of the Rings. It's like somebody who's a vegetarian awesome. who's like, I'm a vegetarian. But, but I eat bacon. Fish. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But I, <laughs> yeah, I like bacon. Bacon's delicious. I'm a vegetarian, but I like bacon. So that doesn't. Do you count. guys like Lord of the Rings? I do. I love Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Okay. Because in, in other episodes, you seem disparaging about them. 
I never did. I'm disparaging a little about J.R.R. Tolkien's writing style because I don't think I need mm. 20 pages to tell me what a tree looks like. And Christopher Lee's acting. <laughs> did we go after Christopher Lee's acting? Uh oh. See, this is how this was. That was you put on trial. It was not. I know. And then, what is? Oh no. This is now. We are. This is. This is your life. I'll tell you my problem. I, I hate the Hobbit movies. Oh, they're awful. I like the Lord of the Ring films. I like them mm-hmm. less as they go. Like I like the first one, then the second one, and then the third one. Even though I recognize. <laughs> so you like the movie? I like them in order. Those my one, two, three are one, gotcha. two, then then three. The the multiple endings of the third one just. Mm. was torture because at that yeah. point i was like i'm i was like all right i'm satisfied no nope, more okay great they should uh-huh. have done those little clue interludes <laughs> <laughs> between each of the innings that's how it could have happened yeah so we're talking specifically today about the final book in the harry potter series and the final two films in the harry potter universe and that is the deathly hallows where we find out that voldemort has broken his soul into pieces and scattered them around so we're in in things called horcruxes look if you're listening to this episode you know what a horcrux is you don't need me to halsplain it which is what i'm going to call mansplaining wow do we want some etymology (laughs) yes do you have some etymology yes i have some etymology great there was a bunch of different definitions of it and i just chose my favorite because of the word horcrux or of that's how this podcast works right yeah that's right oh yeah we look stuff up yeah uh we're not just choosing our favorite come on sarah all right all right (laughs) i just so i just chose my favorite perfect (laughs) so um it's old english whore meaning dirty evil impure and old english crux meaning container pitcher or jar so literally a thing that contains something dirty evil or impure that is exactly specific says exactly what it does on the jar yeah (laughs) (laughs) well you have it there are seven of them in total i mean eight if you count the last little bit that's left inside of voldemort the last little voldemort he's got a little sliver tiny uh muppet voldemort that was uh shivering underneath the train right that's right but uh here are the seven we have rowena ravenclaw's diadem did i say Mm -hmm. that right it's fine yeah hoga hufflepuff's cup salazar slytherin's locket tom riddle's diary harry potter himself Marvel O'Gaunt's Ring and Nagini. So how do you want to deal with this? You want to take a look at, I think there are a couple of criteria that we can play with. Okay. One of them being, is it just a cool item? You know what I mean? Okay. Because there are, some of them are just cool. The way that it's destroyed. Okay. Are we trying to find, like, what, what, what question are we asking, I guess? I think part of it is what's the if you're gonna hide pieces of your soul in th- in okay, seven that is, things, which of them would be the best one? Either it's the place that somebody would least likely look, or is it the bit like Nagini is a great place to hide a piece of your soul? So it's a giant snake who can defend itself, so it's yeah. not it's not like the easiest thing to kill, which makes it a great hiding place, <laughs> right? If you're gonna I put guess- a piece of your soul, like I, you know, put a piece of your soul. Behind a tarantula, people who don't like tarantulas aren't going to go anywhere. You've already eliminated a large group of people who will go looking to destroy. They'll be like, you know what? Maybe he's not that bad after all. Maybe we should just let him do his thing. We don't even we don't know how it's going to turn out. Let's just leave him be. So I think that is a criteria. Does that make sense? I don't know if that. I mean, I think that's. I think that's almost the question that we should just be asking in general, not like 
literarily, which is the most interesting in the story or the item itself or how its destruction plays into the narrative. Should our question simply be, which of these would you want to hide a demon piece of your soul in? (laughs) Sarah, what do you think? I'm happy with that. Okay. Okay. So that's the question we're answering. This is no longer about their place in the Harry Potter world. This is where specifically would you, Sarah Hodkey, like to hide a demonic piece of your soul? Yeah. Excellent. My parents will love that. (laughs) (laughs) By the way, it's what's great about having you on is that like all of the listeners, you have not, you can't criticize. One of yours is here with us. I know. Taking us to task already. There's been no strong arming of any sort. (laughs) Yet. Yeah. Yet. We'll get to that part Oh, just wait. Yeah. Um, we are kind of swinging the door wide open for you guys to have to allow all your random listeners on. We have thousands of ideas for episodes. That's true. That's right. Unfortunately, we have hundreds of millions of listeners. The yes, people there's the so world. many listeners around so the world. It's going to take us a while. Pretty much everybody in the world. Yeah. Pretty much everybody. Yeah. We'll yeah. die mid-recording in our 90s. Yeah. Like, uh, <laughs> like Thomas Jefferson and John, John Adams. Adams. Yeah. My last words will be Mark Gagliardi survives. <laughs> this is some real deep cut American history BS. So I'm sorry if we're, we're not trying to alienate you in this moment, Sarah. That's okay. I had a, an almost visceral reaction to you saying Thomas Jefferson, and I just needed to sing Thomas Jefferson's coming home. <laughs> That's right. Uh, are you a big Hamilton fan as well? Can we just take Huge a sidebar and yes. say what do you think of the movie? Yeah. Oh, it was so good. Yeah. I've watched it five times already. No kidding. Had you ever seen it live before? Yeah. Can I tell you my favorite Hamilton live story? Please. Sure. So we watched it. It was amazing. Saw it in Chicago with Miguel Cervantes. Mm-hmm. As Hamilton. Mm-hmm. He was amazing. We went to the stage door afterwards. And that. we were next to these two like super fans, which was really handy because they'd seen it like one billion times. And they could tell us when the actors came out, like who they played. They would like whisper to us. That's so oh, that's great. That's yeah, it was awesome. Wow. Um, which surprised me then when the last guy came out and they handed him their playbill and he was like, No, I'm I just work here. And he's like, was there to tell us that no one else was coming out. And then I was like, well, can we have your signature anyways? And he was like, but it won't mean anything. I'm like, it's a name on a paper. None of this means anything. And he's like, that's cool. Very, that's, that's awesome. Fair enough. So he signed it. So then we just really leaned into it. And we were like, can we get a picture with you? You were so great tonight in your performance. So brilliant. And the whole time he was just going, oh, this is the best. This is the best. <laughs> so now I have a picture with a random guy who works the stage door in Chicago. And I love it. And I love him. Oh, I love that. It's beautiful. Yeah, you totally made that dude's night. I'm sure he's having a blast. I have and a question for ours. you. I'm going to give you, yeah. because you made it onto the show, this is already rarefied. This is, never, this is unprecedented. But we're cool. recording this on Thursday, July 16th. Mm-hmm. So we are two weeks removed from our best Hamilton song episode. What did you think of that decision? I agree. Satisfied is the, the best song Mm -hmm. like performance wise, as well as like just choreography wise. Mm -hmm. My personal favorite is it's quiet uptown. Sure. Yeah. It's such a a heartbreaker. It's such a good song. It's beautiful. Sarah, you're in the Facebook group. Yeah. And in that discussion, which was very heated, of people criticizing the decision. I said, I have receipts that say that we made the right decision. I'm going to tell you right now what those receipts are. Ken, I want you to bleep this in full 
because we're not going to reveal this to anybody else. You're going to be the only yeah, person. Yeah, you will be the only. I know exactly where he's going because you will okay. be the only person that knows. Are you ready? Ken, start yeah. the bleep now. All right, Ken, you can stop the bleep now. So that is the proof that we chose correctly. Now you're the only one who has this information. You can share it with no one because it is akin to a state secret. You, We probably should have, before you said that, just said what it was, asked if she was willing to not say it to anyone. It's, yeah, because now I'm strong-armed into it. Yeah, That's like a CIA well, agent going up to somebody on the bus and being like, listen, this person, this very specific person that works at this deli is secretly the mastermind behind all of the world's crimes. Uh, by the way, you're not allowed to tell anyone. Goodbye forever! Don't tell anyone. <laughs> Look, you said the strong arming hadn't happened yet. That's <laughs> true. There's instance one. All right. Yeah. I walked into that one. Yeah. So let's talk about these seven different places. Are there any here that you would throw out right away as either too obvious or... Which one? Can I get the list again? It's the sure. ring, the cup, the locket, the diadem, Nagini, Harry... Harry and the Riddle Diary? Yes. Great. That's right. For everyone playing along, each hidden in different places. One of the, I mean, I think the diary's got to be the first one. Well, here's my question. As mm-hmm. I was doing some research for this, mm-hmm. there is some debate as to whether Harry is actually a real Horcrux. Really? Because apparently to create a Her- Horcrux, you don't only need to murder someone, you also need to then like cast a spell afterwards. Mm. And Voldemort couldn't do that because he was dead. Oh. Right. That's true. Although it's, it seems like he's officially, I know there's debate, but he is officially counted almost everywhere yeah. you go that looks for a list of Horcruxes. That is one mm. of them. He's the Horcrux he never meant to make. Yeah. I get, I, I understand. And, the, and I understand also, the specificity and I respect the specificity of that, yeah. but it is the climax of seven books. And <laughs> if he's a Horcrux, then do we have to count Quarrel? Yeah. I'm down for counting Quirrell. Sure. I would eliminate him, too, because he's... <laughs> That's yeah. true. Also, you That's know what? Dude. Nobody's I'm, favorite professor. Yeah. I might eliminate both of the human beings, because if the game that we've decided on playing is, where would you most likely put a piece of your soul if you were putting something in a Horcrux, not only is another person an X Factor, but that also seems like a mean thing to do. <laughs> Like, if you're going to do it, do it to an inanimate object. You know who's not going to care if you put a piece of your soul in it? A cup. You know who is going to care? A professor at a prestigious magic school. What if you were very close with this person? What if this is you putting your soul into Hal? I've already put my soul into Hal via his ears for 270-something episodes. And I cherish it. It's (laughs) taken the place of my heart. I I agree with that. It's it's also pretty dangerous. Like, Harry could have tripped and fallen. A lot of things that could have happened accidentally yeah. to cause an untimely demise. And then all of a sudden, your your precious Horcrux has destroyed itself. Here's the deeper question. Also, the reason why I think you would count Harry, and then maybe Quirrell as well, is that the idea of, of the Horcrux is so far-fetched, even in the wizarding world. Like mm-hmm. all of these practitioners of the dark arts can't even conceive that anyone would be willing to it almost exists in theory alone. Mm-hmm. There are so few that have done it that yeah. we don't know. What, it could easily be said we don't know what the precedents are. We only know what has worked so far. It doesn't mean there aren't other ways for it to be created. That said, the people are – yeah, they could like 
get on the wrong bus, have their sliding doors moment, and then your Horcrux is gone. So yeah. <laughs> I think that for that reason alone, you you can eliminate them. But does that also eliminate Nagini, who is actually a human who was cursed to be turned into a giant snake? Was Nagini a human at some point? Mm-hmm. Am I wrong? Sarah, you well, have a, no, I was just, a, I, there was a big <laughs> inhale. There was a big yeah. inhale right oh, there. The pregnant pause. <laughs> I don't love, uh, what's what are those movies called? They were made afterwards. Oh, um, the, where to find the fantastic. Percy Jackson, the lightning thief. Yeah, yeah that's right. Percy Jackson, the lightning thief. The divergent series. I don't Go ahead. love those movies, so I don't necessarily consider them canon. Mm-hmm. So I'm not if I'm on board with the Nagini as a human train. Oh, that was – what movie was that from? The second one. Was it? Ugh. The best part of that movie was when I took a bathroom break and didn't come back. I went I, to the bathroom and then I call. I was in Philadelphia and I called Jennifer. And I was like, oh my God. what are you doing right now? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to walk the empty halls of this multiplex because wow. I, otherwise I have to go back in and finish that movie. The first one wasn't horrible. I just mm-hmm. found it like tonally confusing. It was like sometimes Eddie Redmayne is doing a mating dance with a hippo and sometimes like there's child abuse. Right. Yeah. It's, it doesn't have as strong of an amount of source material. It's basically like saying we're going to make a thriller out of the encyclopedia or out of the dictionary. <laughs> we're going to take Audubon's field guide and we're going to make, we're just going to yeah. build a narrative out of it's it. It's cool. So, just hire Colin Farrell. Yeah, I okay. mean, like, the actors are all good. I'm glad everybody yeah. got work on it. It's just, you can't... I didn't hate it. I think stylistically, it's gorgeous. There's not a lot of meat on the bones, but I, you're right. Stylistically, that, like, that idea of the 1920s, is like, yeah. it's a cool era to see explored. Yeah, I like I like the aesthetic of it. I like New York being... I like, like, here's the American mm. version. That's That, to me, is fun, because I, I like to get immersed in a world when I watch a movie. But I agree that the second one is, you know, the second one feels like it's like they were like, hey, uh, we're going to make the third one really good. So uh, since we're going to make the third one really good, I'm sorry, they're <laughs> British. Right. We're going to make the third one really good. So why don't we spend the entirety of the second one doing all the exposition for both? <laughs> it feels like the second movie is just piling on exposition so that you can have this Dumbledore versus Grindelwald battle. It's all is just, yeah. A two and a half hour trailer for the third one. It it feels like it. Yeah. It's a thesis on why you should watch the next one of these movies. (laughs) You're like, okay. But aren't there supposed to be five of them? So are three and four going to be ramp up too? Three and four are also going to be drum rolls. It's just going to be long (laughs) drum drum rolls. rolls. Yeah. It's just going to be a three and a half hour drum roll. And then they add the fanfare in the fourth movie. Dun, 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 dun. And then it stops and the credits roll. Hal, jumping back to your bathroom break, did you know there's an app that you can download that tells you where's a good point in the movie to take a break? Yeah, Mark uses that. He uses Run P. Really? Run P. You said you, Marco said he was going to use it for like Avengers Endgame. And I was like, no, you'll pinch it off and you will sit there yeah, and hold watch it. the whole movie. Like I did when I saw Grindhouse after having – I can't believe you watched. I can't believe you watched Grindhouse in one. That is literally two movies. And I drank a giant. I got, I would go to see two movies at that time. I had no job. I was young mm. and and young people don't have jobs. I I would go to two. <laughs> I would just go to the movies all day. So I went to see one movie and I got the the biggest 
cup they had and I filled it with fruit punch. And I drank that and then I think I refilled it in between and then was drinking it again during Grindhouse. And right after Planet Terror, I had to go to the restroom, but I knew that they had the fake trailers in between. And then I wanted, I really wanted to see Death Proof. So I just held it in for the, for the rest of the time there. And it was not easy. I mean, you really could have spent a good chunk of death proof in the bathroom and no, not really miss much. I loved it's it. It's just long, slow shots of Kurt Russell staring at his own face in the bottom of a glass. Exactly. Oh, my God. He's an American master, and I want to watch him at work. Oh, for God's sake. Please not in front of our Canadian friend, Hal. Sorry. Sarah, I'm sorry you had to see that. I, we, we always edit this out. So... <laughs> <laughs> so it, whether Nagini was a person or not, would we keep Nagini in? Because a snake is a pretty smart place to hide it because nobody wants to mess with a snake. Does that give Nagini yeah. elevated status here? I guess that's a question, Sarah, and you uh, answer this for us, please. You seem to know more about the Harry Potter world than us. Is the asset of the scariness of a snake protecting your Horcrux worth more than the liability of the X factor that a snake is a living creature and anything could happen. Well, if you didn't choose something that was like a giant snake, you could choose something that was like easily hideable. Mm -hmm. Like Voldemort chose things that were so obvious. What if he had just chosen like a a random penny? Yeah, that's a, then you would, you would literally never find it. So like if you choose like a frog, but then frogs don't have a great life span. Yeah. They're always trying to cross the street and getting run over by cars. <laughs> you wouldn't want to choose like a TT fly or something. Yeah. I love that idea though. Yeah. If you choose something with a long lifespan, that's like not easily found. Again, we're dealing with human rules right now for a magical world, but mm. any sort of animal that might have a lifespan shorter than yours, doesn't that defeat the entire purpose of immortality of finding immortality? Yeah. Like, uh, Hey, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to put part of my soul into this animal that lives one third as long as humans. You know what I mean? It's true. Yeah. I think all living things are off then. I think we have to take all of the living creatures off the table. Yeah. Good call. All right. So that, Oh boy. Wow. That's wild because uh, in thinking about this, I was like, Oh, it's going to be Harry Potter. Right. But not by these rules we have established people, not by these rules. So here's what we have now. We have a diadem, a locket, a cup, a ring, and a diary. Mark, did you want to get rid of the diary? Is that what you said? That was me. Uh, Hal, I oh, want to get Hal. rid of the diary. Be- Why? Because it's entrusted. To, first of all, it's a book. Books can easily sustain damage. Second of all, it, who has it? Lucius has it. And then Ginny Weasley has it. Like It gets handed off. <laughs> it gets handed off too much. No, we don't know until later yeah. on. That it was a Horcrux that got destroyed, but it felt because it was destroyed so early on, it kind of betrayed itself. Unlike maybe some of the other items, because of the way that the novel sort of led into, mm-hmm. oh wait, he's actually alive, and it's Tom Riddle. And uh, do you think that was a retcon and making that one of the Horcruxes? Who knows? But it works. I mean, it's sort yeah. of the canon now. It may have been a retcon, but. It also makes sense, mm-hmm. the powers that it had, that it would have been a Horcrux, but it is one of the few that has activity like that where they're activating basilisks with it and stuff. Yeah. So <laughs> I think for that re- – and also all it takes is like a fang. You just stab it with a fang and then it's done. Well, a basilisk fang, not just yeah. any fang. Dracula couldn't just go up and start sucking on a book and suddenly it's no longer a Horcrux. Do you think that's how they read? Do you think Dracula <laughs> by sucking on books? Do you think they're called Draculas? 
Yeah, they're all Draculas. <laughs> Bunch of Draculas at the library leaving holes in all your books. Oh. I'll say this about uh, – I'm happy to get rid of the diary as well because if I'm a evil supervillain wizard and I want to put a piece of my soul into an everyday object, why am I going to choose – the thing that I wrote all my secrets in when I was awkward and 13, like my <laughs> diary. Okay. It's like, I don't want anyone to like, yeah. Like you said, I think Sarah, it comes down to like, yeah, you want it to be an everyday item, something that isn't already important. Right. Hmm. It did also always weird me out that the locket is like in a cave from his childhood that you have to cut yourself to open mm-hmm. and then find the boat and then drink the terrible poison, and then fight the Inferi. And the 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 diary he just gives <laughs> to Lucius Malfoy. Yeah. Like, in yeah. some cases, Voldemort is such a prude. And in other cases, he's just like, eh, I don't care. Yeah, like, yeah. And for, for the ring, he kills his father. And for a bunch of other ones, it's just like, ah, a muggle, a random tramp. Like, yeah, it's, this guy has no consistency. Oh, God. It is... <laughs> I, I guess I never thought before about the fact that if these should all be weighted equally, right? Like they should all Presumably. be worth the same one seventh of the giant soul pot. Right. Like, yeah. One of them is a book that gets, you know, passed around a school. Like it's a, one of those stamped rental books that has the, <laughs> you, did you ever have those as a kid where you had to sign in and then you saw who from the previous year also had your textbook, a library book. No, the textbooks <laughs> every year. No, the library books have the card. The textbook had like the stamp in the front page. Am oh, I an old see. man? Oh, you knew who it was. I know what you're talking about. I didn't like. I I'd didn't... be like, oh, I remember that kid. He's two grades ahead of me. He had this book. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't. Anyway, I, I do. I do remember that, but I don't remember the stamps. I remember the idea of like, I know who owned this before me. Right. I know who they were. The Let's point being they, that yeah, his a Horcrux just got thrown back into the pile. <laughs> oh my god. All right, so we're eliminating the diary. Take that diary. Uh, talk to me about Gaunt's Ring. You know more. This one is not one that I know much about because I watched the movies instead of mm. reading the books. And all I know is it turned Dumbledore's hand black and would have killed him eventually. Spoiler alert. What is the Yeah, look, if you if they're listening to this, you've had a chance. <laughs> um so the ring belonged to his grandfather, I think. To then, uh, Tom Riddle's grandfather. Tom Riddle's grandfather. He was was it and his then, father? Wasn't it? Because he or he kills his dad to get to. That's the murder. Yeah, because his dad is a muggle, so he hates him. Right. But his grandfather is still of the wizarding clan, and so it's a part of his family, I guess. Mm. Even though he like his whole thing was removing himself from his family and and anything that like ties him to Earth or to other people. So, I guess that's why he chose the ring. Family so he doesn't heirloom. want to be tied to his family. But so then he, he put puts a piece of his, piece soul, of his soul. Family heirloom. I'm saying the guy's got no consistency. Again, this, yeah, like, like if you're going to hide, none of these are good hiding places. Family heirloom is a bad idea. Family heirloom is a terrible mm-hmm. idea for a hiding place. Yeah. All right. By the way, two of these are destroyed with Godric Gryffindor's sword, including this one. Nagini. Like, it's such a bad ring, it gets cut by a sword. I guess like well, I guess I it's Godric Gryffindor's sword. Yeah, I know, but this is a magic ring. Is magic, a magic sword's better sword, than magic man. ring. I don't know, yeah, man. Don't you understand the magic rules? No, apparently I don't. Of magic, magic, b- magic book stories in front of our guests. Ugh. 
Stop embarrassing me in front of Sarah. Go sword, ring, book. Yeah, yeah it's <laughs> sort of. It's like their version of paper, rock, scissors. You guys want to play a quick game of sword, ring, book? You remember that time somebody destroyed a Horcrux by dropping a letter opener onto it the wrong way? <laughs> that was a weak ass Horcrux. Yeah, weak ass Horcrux. Gone, ring. Oh my god, You're gone. So wait, that there leaves have, that only leaves left. three. Hufflepuff's so, cup. Slytherin's Locket and Ravenclaw's Diadem. Should we take a break? Let's take a break. Yes. We're going fast and furious here. We're going to take a break. We're going to determine which of the remaining three Horcruxes is the best one. It can only be one of those three. But first, I want you to hear about some of the other great shows on the Max Fun Network. We'll be right, right back. back. Jinx. Hey. The Beef and Dairy Network is a multi-award winning comedy podcast here on Maximum Fun. And I would recommend you listen to it. But don't just take it from me. What do the listeners have to say? I would rather stick a corkscrew inside my ear, twist it around, and pull out my ear canal like a cork than listen to your stupid podcast ever again. Please stop contacting me. Hell would freeze over before I recommended this podcast, The Beef and Dairy Network, to anyone. Not in a million years. Actually, scratch that. Um, Make it a billion years. No, how long's infinity? That's the Beef and Dairy Network podcast, available at MaximumFun.org and at all good and some bad podcast platforms. Disgusting. Hey, I'm Dan McCoy. I'm Stuart Wellington. And I'm Elliot Kalin. Together we're The Flophouse. A podcast where we watch a bad movie and then talk about it. Movies like Space Hobos, Into the Outer Reaches of the Unknown and the Things That We Don't Know, the movie, and also, Who's That Grandma? Zazzle Zippers, Breakdown 2, and Backhanded Compliment. Elvis is a Policeman. Baby Crocodile and the Happy Twins. Leftover Potatoes? Station Wagon 3. Herbie Goes to Hell. New episodes available every other Saturday. Available at MaximumFun.org or wherever you get your... And we are back talking about Horcruxes with Sarah Hotkey from London, not the one overseas, the one in Canada. Um, and we have three Horcruxes left to talk about. We have the Cup of Helga Hufflepuff. We have the Locket of uh, Slytherin. Were these all the original? Was Helga Hufflepuff, Salazar Slytherin, and Rowena Ravenclaw? It was the original. These are the founders of the houses. Like, like he made Horcruxes out of the founders of the houses items. Yes. Again, man, these not subtle. Not well, he subtle. didn't go. He didn't really get around that much. He sort of had to use what was near. Like, he spent a lot of time at, at Hogwarts. And then he had to, then he was like on the run. So, you know. Uh, where do you want to start? He did work at Borgen and Burks for a little while. That's the antique store where they had the closet, right? The closet that moved them back and forth to Hogwarts. Mm-hmm. And working retail will turn anyone into a dark lord. <laughs> did true. you ever work retail? Yeah. Where? Can I ask? Well, sorry, I didn't work retail. I worked fast food. Oh, which man. Is- we, oh. we get points for that story, by the way. That was super Canadian. That's so good. I love it. I love did, it. I didn't even work? realize was it. Was it Tim Hortons? Get more Canadian. No, it was A&W. Come on. Get, oh. A&W's still pretty Canadian. That's still pretty, pretty Canadian. Canadian. Yeah, yeah, there are more A&W's over there than there are here. Yeah, but it's not true? Tim Hortons. Yeah, yeah we, don't have, we don't have any in L.A. I don't. They, they had like a resurgence here in like the late 90s where they were mm. in a bunch of malls, and then malls died. And then mm. A&W, I mean... The company's still here. They do have some restaurants, but I think it's more like the Michigan places that are closer to the Canadian border. I think have have A and W's, maybe R. some R. of the Midwest. Yeah, I know. R. I. P. Malls for like 
Can we, like, how are you guys holding up up there? Is everything back open again? Are your malls back open? No. So we're in, like, I live in a border city, so mm. we're in phase two. We're one phase behind right. all of the rest of Ontario. Mm. Thanks, I'm, because, America. Because you're close to us. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Uh, you, guys, you, uh, yeah, <laughs> you guys get that bo- across border cough proximity extra time and time out. <laughs> oh. So we're only still up to 10 people that can gather. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. I don't even know what, yeah. I don't even know what that rule we're, is. We're about here. to, we're about to get to the stage where we have to go back into our parents' reproductive <laughs> systems. <laughs> yeah. It's the only place we're safe. Phase womb. Yeah, that's right. We're almost there. Oh my God. Uh, but yeah, you worked, Mark, have you ever worked retail? I know you've, no. you've worked service. Restaurants, yeah, but I never worked, uh, mm-hmm. I mean, like, like the retail part of a restaurant job, you know, like they, where they would sell random stuff in yeah. the front. Buy some lifesavers or a pack exactly. of gum. Yeah. As a checkout. Yeah. So I, so I actually, I did work retail. We've talked about this before, haven't we? I don't know. Where'd you work retail? I worked at the WHYY store of knowledge in the Willow Grove Mall, which was part of a chain of PBS stores with toys and educational items for children. <laughs> Amazing. And the store of knowledge? The store, the store of, of knowledge. knowledge. One which of my sounds jobs. straight out of Harry Potter. Yeah. A hundred percent. Also, it sounds like you should know everything. I should. Yeah. You would think. And yet it didn't take. That's, I don't work there anymore. I lost all the knowledge. They made me give it back when I left. Oh, man. That sucks. Mm, classic. Among the things that I remember from that store, uh, number one, Tickle Me Elmo was hot at the time. That was like the height of Tickle Me Elmo, and we were constantly sold out of them. So like two, end of the 90s then, right? Yes. Number two, Riverdance was huge, and we had TVs <laughs> – that were we had TVs hung around the store that was that were playing things. You know, one of the things you would do is buy like mm-hmm. Wishbone VHS cassettes or sure. Uh, uh, Wallace and Gromit was huge at the time, but they played Riverdance so much, and I had so many eight hour like four or six eight hour however many four to six hour shifts where that was playing that I knew based on the rhythm of the tapping. Like if all you if the only audio you gave me was the tapping, I would know where in the tape you were. And I had wow. it memorized that it's like, this part is like, <laughs> was it the whole show or was it like a looping, Hey, you should buy this show trailer whole show. kind of thing? Whole show. And then it would end whole show again. Oh, did you have the wall? This was what our, I think we had like wonders of nature or something like that was the yeah. name of our version of this. Did you ever have, I don't know if this made it to Canada either. If you guys had these in London, did you grow up in London? No, Sarnia. And where? Sarnia. Where's Sarnia, where's Sarnia Arsenal, Ontario? Yeah. It's like Narnia, but less magical. Ooh. <laughs> that's that wardrobe thing about uh, Jesus, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's right. Right. That's the carpenter. The carpenter. The carpenter yeah. stories. In our malls, uh, it was a wall of, here's all the CDs that we have. <laughs> and you could like put, you put headphones on and then you could push a button. But the CDs were all like, solo harp with mm-hmm. rain. Yes. And then there's another one where it's like solo guitar with rain. And you're like, ah, okay, I guess I'm just going to listen to some music with the rain going. And I would stand there like my mom would go shopping and I would go and I would just stand there and push all the buttons and hear all the individual instruments with rain. Yeah. Every musician from Seattle released an album (laughs) and they put it all on that wall and you got to press a button to listen to it, but not enough to relax you. It was like a relaxation station almost that you would. Yeah, but it was not enough. And I can't imagine anybody bought an album based on that listening sample. Yeah, you just, that 30 you know, seconds we, of like, oh, this rain sounds great. Yeah. 
but we all listened while our mom shopped. Did you? Oh, did you as did. well? Did you have those? Oh yeah, oh, they definitely made them. it to Canada. Oh good. I'm glad that you had that experience in the days of CDs. Yeah, I miss a lot of things about CDs. The car visor, little thing that held like ten of them. I loved that yeah. thing. Oh, you'd have the book. <laughs> If you were advanced, oh. you had the zipper book. Like, oh, I have so many CDs, I can't even store them in that visor holder. <laughs> and I have a six CD changer in my in my Acura Integra. Oh it's in the God. trunk, though, so I have to go change six discs on the side of the highway when we yeah. run out of stuff on this road trip. I still have CDs. Yeah, I do. But too. I drive a very old car. Also, you guys are dead wrong on uh, stick shift versus manual. <laughs> I, what, what was the? What did we say? I, I'm going to be honest. You said I automatic, I think, didn't we? You said automatic, yeah. I like driving a stick, but yeah, more people can drive it. Why not be? Yeah. Sarah, why aren't you being egalitarian about the trans- Why not be elite? I invited myself onto your show. Yeah, yeah that's you did, point. and you did great, and you're doing great. Thank you. But I, I don't understand why you have to be elitist about transmissions. Don't you want more people? I guess yeah. you know what. Manual I want more people to people learn how to drive stick. What do you drive? What kind of uh, do you drive? Like a truck person, a sports car person? Or? No, like whatever's cheap when we're trying to buy a car and secondhand. Okay. I feel you. That was, and it's always manual transmissions. You can get more yeah, car. It's ideal. That's why I had to learn a manual transmission because it was like, yeah, I can get more car with a manual buying a buying aftermarket. Currently, I'm driving a Toyota Corolla. I think it's a '99. Nice. I like oh, the nice. It's a classic. Almost as old as I am. Dang. Oh, my God. Almost as old as you are. I'm so mad right now. <laughs> Do you guys name your cars? Yeah. Yeah. I haven't I haven't in a while, but I used to. Yeah. What's your best car name that you've used, Sarah? Uh, I had a Stanley. That was a woman. Oh, groovy. Right that on. Was, yeah. She had a bit of a complex about it. Well, <laughs> did, you, <laughs> did you chat with her while you're driving? Like standing yeah, all the look, time. I get it. But all cars are girls. You know this. It's Detroit culture rules. All cars are girls. Do you? Maybe you don't. But Canada has a lot of potholes. And when you drive over them, you just apologize. You're like, oh, I'm so sorry, Marge. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Did you chip a tooth on that? Are you okay? <laughs> oh, I, I egg them on. I'm like, dang, car, did you hear what that pothole said about you? <laughs> <laughs> Let's go run over it again. You can give it what for? Uh, Hal, what was your best car name from back in the day? I had a car named the People's Passat after the Rock <laughs> being the People's Champion. Because it was named I thought by you my were friend just like Jesse. a comrade. Yeah, no, my friend Jesse named he named it. You met Jesse before. Jesse named that car. Of course. Yeah. And then my uh, before that, I drove my mother's red Civic, which was named mm-hmm. Val because it was it was red Valentine's, <laughs> and it was I think it was Valentine's Day gift from my dad to her. Nice. So it was like you needed Cute. a car. It was very car. sweet. Those are good. Was the license plate like their initials and, or is it just Val no. one? Oh, it was the most romantic license plate. It was JM five seven BX. Oh, right. God. If you know, you know. In the heart, yeah. Mark. I'm surprised you named cars because for so long I only imagined your like you would get a new car and just be like no names. This isn't gonna last that long. <laughs> <laughs> Can't get attached. I, yeah. I didn't want to get attached. No names. Yeah. No kissing on the mouth. <laughs> what is your cars? You have a new car. I do have a new car. Beautiful I was car. Very I was excited to, to get a new car. When we had our masked encounter. We did. We haven't seen each other's faces outside of being masked. That's right. Because we're not in each other's pod. Because yeah. we're, you know, across town. That's right. But what is your current car's name? My car's name now was actually given to it by Katie. Mm. Derisively, at first, she kept referring to it as this because I was pointing out one of the features of the engine. Mm-hmm. And I was very excited about this feature of the engine. And so she started just referring to the car as turbo. 
<laughs> so because it's a teeny little car, it's a Hyundai Kona and they're not large. Mm-hmm. So I love the idea of having a little car that's not like it's not like a Dodge Charger named Turbo because that's turbo. But this is like, hey, I'm turbo. Like it's <laughs> it's the car that would narrate a cartoon about cars. Hey, I'm turbo. Let me show you what's under a hood. Like that's kind of <laughs> what my new car feels like. Yeah. Uh, so that's my car's name. We're not uh, but we're not here to talk about cars. <laughs> we hadn't got one in yet. I'm glad that it came late in the episode. Yeah. All right. So there are a few things about these. If you are hiding your soul in something, there are a few things that are protective mm-hmm. about these. Ravenclaw's diadem is hidden away in the room of requirement. Slytherin's locket is virtually indestructible. And uh, Helga Hufflepuff's cup is my favorite one. It has a curse placed on it. It's in a vault. Or is it just the vault itself that is cursed? Sarah, I'm looking at you like you are the authority on this. Like I'm the Harry Potter expert? You are the Harry Potter expert that we have with us today. You're a subject matter expert. Whether it was on the cup or the curse or whatever the curse was in that room, the idea of a treasure room where anything you touch doubles, it's such a great Midas touch, monkey's paw kind of booby trap for something like that. I think it's on the vault because it starts doubling like well before they ever get to touch the cup. Before they even get to the top where the cup is. And how do they destroy that one? Are they just like basilisk, the basilisk, fang. everything yeah. gets the yeah. basilisk fang? Yeah. Basilisk fang. That was Hermione. Go Hermione. Her, look, Hermione, yeah. Hermione is easily the, the one that did all the homework and everyone else just put their name on the group project. <laughs> Yeah. Or Hermione. And the, the diadem is the same thing, by the way. Also destroyed, but basilisk fangs just rip through yeah. all of your horcruxes. It's the silver bullet. I was going to say, like, out of these three, I don't like that two of them are destroyed by a basilisk fang. I don't know why that bothers me. But also, they're all things that you would look at and go, I definitely, it's got to be that because it is yeah. the symbol of a house. Mm-hmm. So of these three, the most logical of the three is Slytherin's locket. The fact that it's hidden in that cave where you have to do a ton of crazy stuff <laughs> and get it, that to me makes it the best protected. Just because there's so yeah. much you have to do that there's no guarantee of your success. And once you get it, you have to speak parcel tongue to open it. Exactly. Yeah. And so it's very specific. Only specific people can open it. What's the diadem aside from being stored in the room of requirement, which seems to have really shifted purposes halfway through that series? Like it's the room that's whatever you want it to be. But by the last movie, it's it's our storage room. And you're like, wait, what? This thing turned into a like ninja wizard gymnasium for a whole movie. It was. I'm sorry. I mean, book. It was J.K. Rowling's plot twist of requirement. Ah, <laughs> well played. The diadem was also lost. No one knew where it was. Oh, ah. so it was the conversation with Rowena's niece, daughter, kin of some daughter, sort? the gray lady. Daughter. Also, she's the the ghost of Ravenclaw, and the ghost of Slytherin is the bloody Baron. But he's the one who murdered her. Could you imagine having to go to work every day with the guy who murdered you? <laughs> Both of their ghosts are there. Meanwhile, nearly headless Nick is like, hey, guys, uh, watch me do this party trick. I'm like, not now, Nicholas. Yeah, and I've he's the one nobody wants to include. In yeah, the, the headless include hunt. Nick, man. Yeah. He's just trying to make everybody have a good time. Ugh. I bet you they worked it out at some point. Those ghosts have been there think- for long enough that they probably I don't know. She out. seems pretty grumpy. Would you, lady. though? Would you work it out? Would you come to a place where you're like, I get it? 
I, I don't. You think had to murder me. I don't think it's that. I think it's just like, well, I gotta be here. I might as well. I can't. I don't want to be tortured forever by this. So I'm gonna figure it out. I'm not gonna be happy about it, but I'm gonna discover my own peace, and this will be it. And it's an angry peace. I mean, or it's like Sarah's favorite song from Hamilton. One of the lines in that song: "Forgiveness, forgiveness." Can you imagine? Right? Yeah. And then they hold hands. And oh, he and then he crying. breaks down and cries. Yeah. Oh, and then he cries. So good. That's right. It's a shame they cut that scene out. So I, I think it, I don't like, know. I, like you've got the diadem, which requires a conversation to get. You've got the Hufflepuff cup, which requires breaking into a vault to get. But then you have Slytherin's locket, which requires because I guess Slytherins are. I'm gonna say it. Evil. And they know that people are bad. I'm sorry, I should ask first. What house are you, Sarah? I've never been sorted, but I'm fairly certain I'm a Hufflepuff. Awesome. It's the official best one. It's the best one. Yeah. Yeah. Which. Uh Uh-oh, we're getting taken to task Uh again. No, I was just going to say, you should have known that from the beginning. Because when the Goblet of Fire chooses a person from to like represent Hogwarts, they choose a Hufflepuff. Oh. Versus the best house. Interesting. I love these little nuggets and cookies. Yeah, do love look, cookies. the Hufflepuffs are great. Hufflepuffs are great. But what Slytherins do is, if they're gonna hide something, they know that people are gonna come after that thing. They don't trust, so they hide it in a cave behind this giant tempest storm, and then give some weird sort of water that almost kills you. Battle, and there's demons in a lake. Like it is, it is elaborate, and I think yeah. maybe for that reason alone. Because originally, before we talked about which one would be the one you'd want to hide your soul in, we started to break down before landing on that. Is it a cool item? Sure, it's a cool thing. The destruction of it, it takes half a movie for them to destroy that one. Mm-hmm. And when it is destroyed, it's Ron that does it, which is cool. After his trek across the world, who knows what hero's quest he's been on. It does feel like the most consequential of the non-human or non-animal horcruxes. What do you guys think? It feels like the one he put the most effort into. Yeah. Yeah. I think it was his yeah. favorite soul piece. And so he was like, <laughs> I'm really going to hide it. Yeah. I really love this piece of my soul. Yeah. yeah. This is the best one I can tell. It's the one that's got all the chips. <laughs> so this piece of soul, I'm going to extra protect. I wonder how you would divide up a soul. It's it's not like equal parts of your entire being. It's not like you've got – do you have all of the DNA in each little piece or is it like take this – one of these helixes goes over here. This one is – it's like Trivial Pursuit. Like history goes in this. Uh, geography goes in this one. Sports and leisure goes over here. Do you think it's split evenly? Do you think it was like seven even pieces or do you think each time he split, it split in half? Oh, so his first one would have been like an enormous chunk of would soul. Would have had like the most of him in it. The most soul. Yeah. I don't know. That's interesting. What do you think? I think it would have to be half each time so that by the end, he's yeah. just left like a, a husk of a person. Yeah. I That's, a, that's what I do when someone brings donuts somewhere. I will keep cutting one in half until I leave <laughs> that last little. I'm like, I'm not going to eat this whole donut. I'm just going to eat half. And they're like, I'm not going to eat that other half. I'm just going to eat half. Yeah. You know what? I'm not going to eat that last quarter of a donut. I'm just going to eat a little quarter. Little. And by the end, it's just, yeah, it's just a, a shell of its former donut self. Yeah. I only have two steps. I do this. I'll do that. I'll be like, I'm going to be good. I'm just going to have half a donut. 
and then I'll go back and eat it and then take a second one. <laughs> you go, well, the half thing didn't work. <laughs> yeah, the half thing didn't work. Well, what am I going to take, this half a donut? Yeah. Let me get a whole new one. Of course, now I have a day where I eat everything. I made a cookie so big. Dude, your cheat days are... I live for your cheat days. <laughs> Did I send you a picture of the cookies <laughs> that I made? Sarah, I made a cookie with Nutella in it that I don't they're, now they're mashed into two containers down there, but it it for scale, I held it up to my head. It it was the same size as my face. Like top <laughs> to bottom, side to side, covered everything face and there were two of them <laughs> did you take a picture of you holding this cookie up to your face and did you hold it beside your face no or did you like i'm gonna put it in front of my face and see if yeah. i can't see anything i did it like i was going as that cookie for halloween <laughs> and it fit perfectly it covered my face and i don't i don't have a gigantic uh, head but i don't have a small head no it's you don't have the a size small that head. you would go like that's about the size he probably has like a cookie sized head I would that's guess. a huge cookie yeah that's almost a pazuki uh, yeah, I've, it is, it was like a pizookie. You have pizookies in Ontario. We don't. We, you we do don't. have a place that, at least in Montreal, there was a place that, uh, was a chain from somewhere that did like a cookie in a cast iron skillet, like the whole thing is a cookie. You know what I'm talking about? Probably. Uh, Montreal's cool though. Montreal's awesome. I Ontario less so. Yeah, but Ontario has a big cookie somewhere for God's sake. Yeah. Probably. If Hal came here, it certainly would. That's right. So we're going to find you a big-ass cookie. <laughs> My cookie head is coming please, back to Toronto. Please find me a big-ass cookie. <laughs> um, but, guys, we're not here to talk about big-ass cookies. Is it Slytherin's Locket? Is that the winner? Have we determined? Yeah, I think that's the yeah. clear winner. All right. I think you're right. That's it. It's sad to me that it's a Slytherin. <laughs> well, I mean, it was. It makes sense because it was a Slytherin's Horcruxes. And that's Art, true. look. You really think that a Hufflepuff is going to be good at horcruxing? <laughs> no. It takes a Slytherin to – and any, I know we have some Slytherin listeners who are going to be like, Slytherins aren't evil. Yeah, yeah. you are. Slytherins are evil. <laughs> Until Cursed Child. Did you see Cursed Child or read it? Yeah. What would you think? It was weird. It's weird. The t- It's the back to the future of the Harry Potter universe. <laughs> I would have liked to see it on stage. Yeah. I think it would have been like a real experience. Especially well, theater, when that theater will be is... back in about 10 years. Yeah, for sure it will. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Keep hope alive. We're going to get to see that Grindelwald versus Dumbledore battle before we get to see a play again, I fear. It will be so long that the next play will oh, be this a is hit. making me sad. It'll be a hit rap musical, but about George Hamilton, <laughs> because enough time will have passed <laughs> that we can just tell a bunch of lies about him. Yeah. People of the world, oh the best God. horcrux of all is the friends we made along the way in the form of <laughs> Delazar Slytherin's Locket, because it's hidden all that funky junk. It's not easy to get to. It wasn't easy to finally get their hands on it. Like, they get it, and then it gets stolen and then it's it goes here it goes there then finally gets destroyed and so its journey and its hiding place make it the best horcrux and that's asked and answered sarah hotkey thank you for joining us on this journey yeah thank you for having me this is a delight this is delightful before we do our normal wrap-up sure. because you are a listener of the show and a fan of the show and you're here like this is unprecedented is there anything on the air that you want to ask us or you want to know about the show that we can answer for you? Or something that we got very, very wrong. No, no. She's already said stuff we got wrong. 
I have one more. Ooh. Oh, great. Go ahead. What do you have? All right. How, like, eight times out of ten I'm on your side, but you got That's it correct. dead wrong on pretzel shape. No, I did yeah. not. <laughs> Thank you. Yes. Thank it's you. right in the name. Don't let pretzel shape. Pretzel get the best you. pretzel shape is pretzel shape. It's, oh, it's right rods. in the name. It's rods. That's it's rods. right in the Look name. Look at you. Look at that. Everybody He's like, lost it's that rods. One. He's just rubbing everybody's Everybody face. Everybody lost that rod. one. Because you can make opera field glasses with it if you turn it upside down. It's, it, look, it's a great shape, but you've been told – like we say that that's pretzel shape because that's what we've been told. Doesn't it's the know, name that that's of the shape. It's the pretzel shape. Think about what car shape was when cars were first invented. They've come up with way better shapes since then, and now that's car shape because we all agreed that a better shape came along. No, not we, because we're told what it is. I will not be. I will not have my mind changed on this. I will let. I will let some Philly slide on this show, and apparently that is one time I really let some Philly slide. Let's do the Philly slide, everybody. Oh my God, Philly slide, real smooth. Yeah. <laughs> you have any questions, Sarah, about anything? You can ask us about anything. Oh wow. Um, can I ask you about thrilling? Sure. Sure. How was it ever a bummer being the person who had to introduce the sketches? There were a lot of times where I, I loved what I got to do and it was great because I always knew I had a lot to do in every show in terms of that. But my preference would be to get in and play with everybody because it's such mm. a great cast of people. Everybody's so good to get to share the stage with them and actually interact was always a really special and fun treat. But I'm grateful that I got to do, I get to be in every segment and that's kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Um, if we had talked about thrilling, I didn't have a, a segment that I'm like, oh. I didn't have a clear winner in my head, okay. but I would have made a very strong case for moonshine hauler. It's so and good. That's, that's why Mark didn't want to do it. That's exactly why I didn't want to do it. Mark. Yeah. Sarah and I had been talking before. She was like, please oh. let's do this one. It's definitely moonshine hauler. Everyone agrees. <laughs> Here is a stack. Here is a – I didn't even do this petition online. I got this petition on paper, and I'm in Canada. That took a while because the envelopes have the little stripes on the border around them because they got to go international. All Why right. would I have pulled people out of Canada? What's that? That's true. Canada is the only North American country that matters right now. <laughs> it's the only one not burning itself to the ground. That's right. Uh... Where are we going and why am I in this handbasket? Uh, <laughs> let's, uh, yeah, do you any more questions? Um, no, I don't think so. This has been fun. Thanks it's for having great. me. Before we go on, I have a question for you, Sarah. Yeah. Are those lanyards behind you con lanyards or what are those from? Can I ask? You have lanyards hanging off the side. I don't know if you were like, oh, that's San oh. Diego Comic Con. That's this. <laughs> that You know what I mean? Cause no, I've never been to Comic Con. Oh, you should go to a Comic Con there. A blast. Yeah. <laughs> Montreal has a Montreal has a great one. Toronto has a Comic Con. Like it's just it's true. Oh yeah, it's Labor. It's the same weekend as Dragon Con. You don't have to go to San Diego. They're in every city now. Yeah. What are it's those true. though? Are they? Um. So I'm in my boss's office. Oh. <laughs> I can't wait for your boss to break in. And does your boss know? Yeah. He doesn't know. My I mean, the office has been closed for months. So those are. He gets invited to all sorts of like. I work at a summer camp. Oh. When oh. The world is, when the world is not turned upside down. Um, so oh, it's he like gets, a sleepaway summer camp? Yeah. Awesome. Oh, cool. So he gets called away to talk at all these camp conferences because he's a genius. Gotcha. What's your uh, specialty at summer camp? Um, like, what do I do? Like, what do they put you in charge of? I run the leadership and the retreats. So I run all of our staff training 
um, oh, wow. in all of our leadership programs. And yeah, that's amazing. Cool. Perfect teenagers. It's so fun. It's the best. Camp is perfect for someone like me who has no concept of like how to dress themselves. <laughs> oh, because I, man. Yeah. I'll tell you. I, I dare you to find an outfit that like would not fit in at a summer camp. I could rock up in like a full night suit of armor and people would just be like, Oh, is it princess skit tonight? Wow. Like you just, you just wow. can't, you can't be out of place at a summer camp. That's a lovely sentiment for summer camp in general. Yeah. You can't be out of place at summer camp. You will yeah. find someone from your current, former or future tribe. Want everyone to belong. Wow. Yeah, Mark, did that. you go to summer camp? Did you do sleepaway camp? I did a lot of retreats. Theater camp. Like theater camp was always day camp. Kids Incorporated or whatever that thing was. Kids Unlimited. Kids yeah. Unlimited. Yeah. We did a lot of lock-ins. We did a lot of like trips where we would go. Lock-ins? Perform. Dude, we would do these, we would do these lock-ins real quick. We do these lock-ins to learn choreography when we need to learn it fast. So it would be like, okay, Friday at five until Saturday at 5 p.m. or whatever, or like it was usually earlier than that, like noon. We're all going to be on the dance studio floor of the building for an overnight and we're just going to stay up late. And we loved it because we're kids. We're like, yeah. hey, we can stay up late. We're just dancing. We're literally just staying up late and dancing all night. This is amazing. Yeah. And that was how we learned things. <laughs> so, Mark, you've always been a theater kid, eh? Yeah, I've always been a theater kid. Were you a theater That's kid? Cool. Uh, no, but I like cannot get enough of it as an adult. Yeah. So you're a theater kid now. Yeah, I'm a theater kid now. I love that. Are the things you loved about it then the same things you love about it now? Uh, mostly. It's always been, for me, primarily about the camaraderie of the ensemble. has been mm. like what kept me in theater for so long. But the more I've done it, the relationship with the audience has become a really fascinating element of it to me that I really like. Cool. Yeah. Do we have time to go down a tangent? Sure. Sure. Have you seen Dear Evan Hansen? I've not seen it. I've heard it. I've not seen it. Mm -mm. Okay. So I haven't seen it. I've only done that thing where you like read the synopsis and then listen to each of the songs. I love it. Get there. Yeah. Um, I don't know where the like redemption comes in. Like I don't get what the point of the musical redemption is. Yeah. But that's super depressing. Yeah. Yeah. No, he's not. This kid makes terrible decisions and then gets caught in his terrible decisions. So then it just ends. I don't know. I haven't seen it. I've only heard it. But in the hearing of it, I'm like, boy, this just, uh, this kid, this kid has been lying for two whole acts. Oh, they got him. They're not all happy musicals. Now he's singing a sad <laughs> part. Yeah. Even Les Mis has redemption. Yeah. It's still pretty sad. <laughs> it's very sad. Yeah. The redemption is after Dear Evan Hansen, Ben Platt now does The Politician on Netflix. There you go. Mm, and he gets really. to sing on it. Redemptive, right? A little. Yeah. Yeah. Anytime Ben Platt is singing is redemptive. I That's know. Right. I love me some Ben Platt. He's great. All right. Uh, oh, sorry. Before we go, is there anything that you'd like to tell the people of the world? To plug? Yeah. Yeah. Got any plugs? I would like to plug hanging out with your nieces and nephews. I love that. Yes. I was with my niece the other day. Specifically, the whole world should hang out with your nieces and nephews? My nieces and nephews. Yeah. All right. Yes. Sarah, come to Sarah Hockey's. Yeah. Uh, nieces and nephews. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> there's five of them split amongst yourselves. Um, so we were listening to we built a blanket fort and we were listening to Moana and it got to the part where it was, it was like, it calls me. Mm-hmm. And she turns to me and she goes, it calls Elsa, too. It calls everyone. <laughs> oh, I love that. <laughs> uh, I love that. That's it was awesome. 
That's pretty. That's very sweet. So per Sarah Hotke, hang out with your nieces and nephews. We will hear amazing things from them. Meanwhile, you can also reach out to us with more topics at We Got This Tweets or you can email us at We Got This Podcast at gmail.com. We may not take every request to be a guest, but you never know. Sometimes we do. It's been proven now. You better be as good as Sarah is about it, though. But you also have to come interact with us on our Facebook group, by which I mean me. At Facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash we got this podcast. And Mark has also seen it. Thank you to producer Ken Plume, researcher Kate McManus, graphic designer Uri Kelman, and QA engineer Jen Alba. And thanks, of course, to our musicians, Jonathan Dinerstein and Mike Furman for our score and theme song, respectively. And thanks to you, the people of the world. By proxy, thanks to you, Sarah for listening to the show and to all those out there listening to the show for giving us a chance to sit down and talk with Sarah and get to know her and talk about a thing that we all love and enjoy. It's always a blast. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. For Hal Lublin, I'm Mark Gagliardi. For Mark Gagliardi, I'm Hal Lublin. And don't worry, everybody. We We got got this. We got this. Maximumfun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.